When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dr. D here, popping in just to tell you about our friendly neighborhood painting gallery. The painting gallery with no name is a friendly painting competition to encourage accountability to your pile of shame. At the end of the season, praise and prizes will be given out as a reward. At the end of the season, the Discord will vote on two winners. These winners will get a prize, and then we'll raffle out additional prizes to the remaining participants. At season end, we'll announce the winners on the show and celebrate one of the best parts of the hobby. This season's theme is a character with flight. MCP, 3D printed, or a Marvel board game, they'll all count as long as they follow that theme. Remember, take a picture of your unpainted or lightly painted model. Then paint the heck out of it. Take four photos of the freshly completed masterpiece and send us all five photos at furypainting at gmail.com by February 6th to submit your entry. Make sure your five pictures have your name on the file so we know where to send the prizes. Good luck and have fun. I speak for everyone when I say we are excited to see what you managed to paint. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate. You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about a discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. I'm back today with Charles. That's Omnis from Omnis Protocol. How are you doing today, Charles? Good. I am excited. Get to be on Fury's Finest. This is this is a dream come true for many people. It's very exciting to have you back, Charles. It's been some time, and it's fun to see things like your Uncanny X-Men post you did on the Across the Bifrost, where you kind of post a lot of our earlier episodes. And, and like you said, one of your bigger episodes, that Adepticon episode about your run with X-Men, and then, of course, my run at Lone Star Open. It's just cool to see all those pieces there, because you and I talked about in your show recently with Weapon X. It was cool to see X-Men and mutants grow over these last several years, right? Oh, absolutely. And uh, I'll do a shout out to Strike Better for a moment. I was just listening to their um, December episode, their last episode of the year. And Morgan, yep. Very good episode. Uh, Morgan was like, there's a lot of people who are excited about X-Men and having Logan. And he called us X-Men cultists. He and did. He did. I, and I'm okay with yeah, that. I changed my handle in multiple discords to Omnis X-Men Cultists. So, you know. I, apparently I need to yeah. do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done yeah. with that. I mean, we should be right now with getting Logan added to our list, which is very exciting. And also just, I get what he means. I, I, he meant no offense by oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, Charles, yeah. It was just, there's a unique breed when it comes to us X-Men players. We're we're a unique bunch. Well, what I love about X-Men and, you know, preaching at the choir with my listeners here, because they know this about me, but and Chris, especially being mutant fans, but it's, if you're a 
big X-Men player in the game, it's this combination of being a mutant fanatic, like the cartoon and some of the comics, right? Or maybe a lot of the comics. And then it's the amount of reps you put in to learn X-Men gold. <laughs> That's what I think. So it's this combination of like your love for the comics and show mixed with the amount of reps and time you put in because we've talked about it many times on our show, but X-Men is one of those weird teams. It requires a lot more reps initially to kind of un- unlock it. Same as web warriors or something. And once you unlock it, you kind of start seeing the matrix a little bit and it's pretty fun. And what do you know? We're talking about X-Men gold today, but a different color of X-Men gold today. We're talking about X-Men red. Oh, for sure. And I will add to that. There's a unique aspect of playing X-Men, like the storm leadership where you, of course. you kind of have to like dive into it head first. Right. And then just play a ton of games in it, but you also got to accept once you get there, it's hard to play other things because that's how good it is, right? It was hard for me to take two months off from X-Men actively difficult. And were every release I was, my brain was like, Oh, this stuff would be so great with storms leadership. And, and they're like, Nope, I have to practice some other things. It's an addiction. <laughs> it's so good. It's an addiction. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. You took two months off. I took three and a half months off. I mean, I've been taking time off since Lone Star Open. And then I pretty much hit red with the ground running, which we're going to talk about today. And I think you're right, Charles. It is sort of an addiction because it is this sort of thing I've talked about in the show a lot. It's this dance with your opponent. It's really fun where it's like this fluid play with the storm hop and the cover and sort of this back and forth of... I'm going to be aggressive right now. And then I'm also going to hold back later or back and forth constantly. There's so many questions for you as the player, as an X-Men gold player. And it's really tough to know when the answers are present, right? Oh, absolutely. And I will, I was reading a Facebook post just a couple days ago and somebody said, I was like, Storm's leadership doesn't do anything after round one. And I was just like, oh no, mind blown, you know, just Yeah, a big part of that maybe is that player has not played this big amount of games up front like we're talking about. And it's not some sort of gatekeeping thing or something. It's honestly like it does take a long time to kind of see this matrix we're talking about storm's leadership and get more out of it than that round two, like this player's referring to. Because of course they're referring to the cover. Cover's a great bonus on this leadership, but that's not what the leadership's about, right? It's all about the storm hop. Yeah. Well, it's it's both. Like I always saw the van the makeup of the team. Yeah, I always too. thought that the storm hop was really good, right? Like it's action economy, it's an extra action practically almost every round. And that's right. huge. But I think as you play Storm a lot, you start realizing just how impactful the cover is. And you feel it. Like when you notice that they move within range two, like, and you're just like, you get that little like reverse dopamine hit, and you're just like, oh, I don't have cover now. That's sad. <laughs> You know, you feel it, right? Yep. Like you you feel that little like, oh crap, they moved they moved within range too. But the cover like adds up. It's really easy to have cover be five to eight extra health every game. And that's like a character. Great point. That is like character. Wow. Yeah, good yeah. point about that. Yeah. It really adds up and it and also screws up the math of a lot of our dice and MCP, right? Things that we kind of know roughly what they're going to be. Cover gets around a lot of that and it messes things up in a big way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I, we were kind of just talking generic X-Men stuff at the moment, but we should, we We should dive fully into um, this X-Men red topic. And so I already have an episode which we're going to, we're going to recap a little bit of that stuff, right? We, there's no way that we mm-hmm. can't. Yeah. And I'll reference that in the show notes, of course. Yeah. yeah your first but episode. I just wanted to make sure your listeners knew, like, 
there's this other episode on my feed that I did with Simon, aka Vodka Blitz. He and I were doing a lot of testing together and spewing our thoughts into the X Men chat in like the fan Discord. And yep. And so this this idea just came about where. So here I'll do another. I just want to shout out to everybody today. Originally, I would say the idea came from Sploosh. If we go timeline back, he was the person that I first mm. saw post that he's excited about Red Skull in uh, X-Men. And he was talking about being able to hop off of them. And I just, I wasn't sold at first. And then I hadn't realized yet that the grunts had two energy defense. Right. And so I was like, cool, cool. Let's slot in. Let's slot in Red Skull into the traditional X-Men build, like where I've played Doctor Strange or Juggernaut or uh, Ebony Ma. Mm -hmm. And first game with it worked, but I was like super butt cheeks clenched the whole time. Because I was like, man, Red Skull's just going to die. Right. You know, he went down to five health really quick. And then I'm like, well, he's not going to take collision damage, but five health is a scary. And then he takes like one or two points of damage. And I'm like, man, I could just lose Red Skull at any point. This is so scary. I'm not sure he works in this build. And I had like a, a traditional thing that happens for me is I go home from a game night and I just start telling my discord. And then sometimes like the X-Men chat or that sort of thing, like sure. kind of what my yeah. thoughts were. And I've been in this, like try to put my phone down and go to sleep and not mm. stay up too late. And what happened is I was just kind of like laying in bed, lights are off. And I was just thinking through everything that I had just typed out and my thoughts. And I was like, maybe I'm approaching this wrong. Maybe it's not that Red Skull is the problem. Maybe it's that I'm slotting him into a traditional X-Men gold list. And maybe I need to shift up my strategy because Red Skull is really powerful. And if Red Skull just gets to do his thing, maybe that's worth it. And that's where I was like, well, okay, well, maybe Colossus goes in. Give me a bodyguard. Or actually, my first step was Maybe I play like a Luke Cage or something, Heroes for Hire. And then I was like, well, man, he doesn't really want to spend power for other things. Like I want to I want to stop cutting myself as soon as possible. And so that made me think, okay, well, what about Red Guardian? Red Guardian's Comrade's Keeper? You know, uh, Red Guardian spends that, not Red Skull. I'm like, okay, well, maybe that. And they're like, man, maybe I need another body. Maybe Colossus is worth playing. And then I was, then I kind of stuck in cable because <laughs> I was thinking, well, if if I'm always going to try to be playing Red Skull and Red Guardian, then I need the affiliated chunk to be flexible. And so I needed a variety of threat levels in the affiliation. I thought about Gene. I was like, actually, I think Cable's better for this. You know, gives him like potentially hands out Cinerae, could like buff Red Skull's defense, could throw terrain that other people are trying to throw at. And I was like, okay. And so then in the morning, yeah, the morning rolled around. I'm like, all right, huge, you know, uh, like essay diarrhea into the X-Men chat and um, thus started the discussion of X-Men Red, which is Red Mm. Skull, Colossus, because he usually has some red in his gear, Red Guardian, and kind of then that's where things erupted. Um, And so that's kind of like the basic background from my side. What was your, because I don't think you saw any of this. No. So this is what makes this super wild. I love it. Uh, And by the way, now I have the X-Men chat of the primary Discord feed on notifications. Let's get that out of the way. So I do see stuff now, which is great. Also, I'm just so active in our patron Discord, as I should be, that uh, obviously takes a a lot of my time. But so what happened, Charles, for me, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast recently, was 
I took a three month break from X Men. I hit Shield hard. I'm talking thirty plus competitive games. Dude, we did like the same thing. We both took an X Men break. Dove really, really hard into Shield, which is super fun. Well, it's you know what's super fun about this too, Charles, because I'm thinking in hindsight of because I'm thinking about this year because Chris and I have our 2022 episode and review. We always do that early January. Yeah. That's coming up. That'll be really fun. And one of the things we'll be talking about over the years, like what we played, or what tournaments we went to, and kind of what episodes came out on our feed throughout the year. Something that happened for you and I both early in the year and the like late spring into early summer. You and I both played a ton. A ton of Shadowlands Daredevil. Yeah. I, <laughs> a criminal Syndicate. Both of us at the same time. I wasn't that <laughs> so, excited about Nick Fury when he when those first released right. right after Adepticon, but I wanted now now all of a sudden I felt like I needed to take a break from X-Men at that point. Cause I I pre-Adepticon, right, I was like, I'm playing X-Men. Nobody plays X-Men, right? And so bringing that to the game store yeah. was just Hey, I'm just playing this weird stuff that nobody plays, and everybody's excited. Like, ooh, X Men, this is cool. After Adepticon, I was like, I don't think I could keep bringing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you and I both had a long stint of um, Shadowlands. I mean, as in like high reps in a short period of time, and that was a blast. And I had a really fun time. And then, of course, after Shadowlands, I just went straight into X Men all the way, finally, because I'd always dabbled with them over the years. But as you know, my co-host Chris was a big player of X Men. And he switched to Brotherhood, and I was like, "Well, now's the time." That is the time. And I've talked about this. I've talked about this in a lot of our episodes. I I just want want us to have mirror matches, even though Brotherhood was more his playstyle, and X Men was always more my playstyle. He just played X Men, and I've always played the teams I've played: Convocation, um, a lot of other teams like that. And so I switched hard to X Men, and so all this happened. And then the long Shield break happened, and I had really fun time with Shield. I had a lot of success with Shield. And I've had a lot of good conversations with people about Shield, and I don't think Shield's going anywhere. I think there's a faction that's only going to grow as the game continues, and I think that's probably something that's very well on the minds of the Spider Woman could be Shield. Yes, please. That would be awesome. I'd play so much more Shield if she was on the team. But also, I was like, I'm playing Shield right now a ton because I know come early November, mid November, till late January, I'm going to be only playing X-Men pretty much to prepare for LVO because I'm just being realistic. I know the holidays are going to hit. I'm going to have very limited testing time. So let's just say three months of testing, but it's really, you know, it's three months crunched down to like a month and a half of honest testing, right? Because of the holidays and stuff. So now I'm back on my X-Men kick. And of course, the first place I went was X-Men Red and it's happened naturally. So the second Red Guardian was revealed through AMG. You know this, Charles, but I went right into my gold list from L- from LSO that won me LSO and I just removed the model and added Red Guardian. That's just how it happened because I think Red Guardian obviously is great in X-Men Red, but I think he's really good in gold too. I agree. His pay to flip potential is amazing. How much power he gener- generates you over the game is awesome. Comrade's Keeper can win you games. He also has things in conjunction with Sacrifice, which X-Men players like us love to play Sacrifice and um, he's a good target for that. There's a lot of things going on. Auto pushes are really good <laughs> for pay to flips. So I had a lot of fun with him. So I was at a similar point as you. I was playing Red Guardian, my classic gold, and I immediately added in Red Skull without knowing any of the stuff that's going online. And I was just thinking, if I can replace my five threat slot, very similar to you, with Red Skull. So my, my five threat spot was Juggernaut, but I'd also tried other models like Maw over time. I'd also tried out models like Gene early on, many others, but I just replaced Juggernaut with Red Skull, got myself out of my comfort zone with gold and was thinking, okay, so what this is, is kind of the conversation you and I had, Charles, which was at 
Lone Star Open, you and I had a conversation the night before the tournament, which where it's like, if you're gold and you get put on a narrow attrition or aggro type objective, what's your plan, right? Is your plan, do you have a model to throw in like a Doctor Strange, right? To help you with that? Or do you not have a model like that? So my thinking was Red Skull's just great with the hop. He can hop off his own grunts. He can hop off of other X-Men and he can help me with that plan. So my initial play testing of Red was playing Red Skull about 65% of the time, 70% of the time, which is pretty high, yeah. right? But as we know now with our information about Red, that's not normal Red numbers, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> you're basically playing him 95% of all games. I mean, it's it's that's just how it kind of goes. And I learned very quickly that I was winning games with him. He was really good. And obviously, I had Red Guardian in the whole time. And I had Honey Badger in, by the way. I didn't mention that. But Honey Badger came to my list shortly after Lone Star Open. In fact, she was she was in my list right before Lone Star Open. I switched her out last minute for uh, Miss Marvel to give myself a little bit more three-threat viability. And you loved but the had- show. Of yeah. course, of course. Yeah, all the things. You know, and uh, I love that I played Miss Marvel in the finals, of course. But it was like this combination of, okay, I have Honey Badger, I have Red Guardian, they're going to be with Red Skull. It's kind of like a defensive net, and he's going to do stuff. And I realized very quickly, though, that like the only games I was having trouble with were the pay to flips. <laughs> <laughs> and they were the pay to flips that were like spider portals, which obviously is X Men's game right so that started getting the gears turning in my head and that's kind of when i was just i started thinking about that a lot and i was like my only close games with this list have been on pay to flips and i've actually had issues and then i saw your post on twitter and i'm gonna pass it to you but i saw your post with your x-men red current list and you it was just crazy and i and i messaged on your post on twitter and i was like i've been trying red skull and i've also been trying honey badger and red guardian Colossus makes a lot of sense and we we just kind of went from there. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, you know, obviously I had been playing a lot of shield Thanos right before this. Mm-hmm. And so I was intentionally playing some of the more central brawly secures and such to just kind of shake me out of my comfort zone. Give me some practice on some other things. And it was pretty brutal for my opponents at times. Right. Yeah, of course. You know, you know, when you play X-Men Red and you're just like, well, I'm not going to commit to the middle. You can commit to the middle and I'm just going to contest my back demon with a free grunt and score it. So oh, literally gosh. the only thing that gets incinerated on my side is a grunt. And then whatever you put in the middle dies. And it's pretty strong. <laughs> It's just so funny because it's counterintuitive to a lot of the X-Men play. And you and I have alluded to that a lot in this episode, right? But it occasionally, you've got little pivots you can do that are traditional gold play, right? Like a sort of extract or secure play that kind of your opponent wasn't seeing from a storm hop or things like that. But really, you're just trying to maximize Red Skull's economy. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think one of the coolest parts about all of this is... I think to be a top tier affiliation, you often need to threaten in multiple ways. And so this Mm. really felt like the moment where X-Men was pushing into the tippy top tier. Not not saying that they're the best. Eh, They're probably the best. Um, Avengers is pretty (laughs) good. But my my point is this was so exciting in a sense that X-Men didn't just have 
this one style of X-Men gold roster anymore, which, you know, we all put our little stamp on it, right? I was splashing Black Order stuff, you know, and how I abused Corvus and Proxima in there. And then Mm -hmm. um, your version, you know, you preferred Lizard and, um, and then... Simon's version that, you know, he, he was really advocating for saber tooth. Yeah. I had the flexibility of a bunch of threes in mine, right. As my splashes. Yeah. yeah on top of Juggernaut. Um, and Nate did really well with his, and he was also testing some like Mordo builds before that. But we were all kind of, of fundamentally playing the same roster that had slightly different splash choices. Right. Right. Yeah. But this was something very different. Like, yes, we were still playing domino yes we were still playing storm x23 is probably in there rogue's still probably in there right we still have our core characters but suddenly there's this x-men roster that threatens a totally different game and that was just super exciting to me no absolutely and that's been really fun to talk about this timeline before we get into like what the the list really is and like i'm really happy you touched on the fact charles that it, it was just exciting and different on top of being viable, right? Um, a little less viable than gold. It, it's just completely different viability from gold's viability, which I really like too. Like it, it really is just a attrition style roster that's solid on top of gold, which is a whole nother game plan entirely, right? So I think what you're talking about, which really stra- scratches the itch for me too, is the fact that we can play this, we can scratch our X-Men itch, but we're also like it's nothing like traditional gold, right? Yeah, it's totally different. And like secretly in the back of my head, I wish that the LVO finals could be X-Men Red versus X-Men Gold. But that's just me being an X-Men cultist. Thank you, Morgan. I mean, I would love <laughs> yeah. that because I'll, I'll be playing one of those for sure. <laughs> yeah, I just I, we were talking about the viability a little bit. And even though we said that we think gold probably is better overall, and maybe that has to do with the meta and the matchups, I absolutely could see X-Men Red winning a big event, right? And that's one of the big questions. Like a lot of the time when we're talking about like viable stuff, sometimes that means like a four and two or just like an X and one sort of list, but probably not something that wins. I would absolutely not be surprised if X-Men Red won something big, whether that's the LVO Invitational Series or it's another big convention would not surprise me at all. It's really strong. And depending on how, you know, the, the, the meta is like the ocean, right? There's waves, there's shifts up and down. And of course, but it's exciting for the people who love X-Men, but have always wanted something a little bit more aggressive, not so cagey, not so, I know you, you played a little bit more aggressive in a sense of like, pushing the scenario game forward when you were playing gold yeah. and you were very hundred percent in, get in their face. Yeah. And be, be scored out by round three or something like that. Yeah. And just be done. Um, but something that is willing to go behind on points to score an attrition advantage and then just secure, secure things later on. We didn't really have that. So now we, now we no. have both. So I'm, I'm excited to hear about what what you've been doing with it because you I think you even dove harder into it than I did a little bit. Yeah. So I think that's a good place to stop here, Charles, for a second. And we'll deal with a little bit of business because I I think you've, you've perfectly primed listeners like professional podcaster you are to talk about what is our versions of X Men Red, how you build it and maybe how you can put your own flair on it and then play and how you can play it the best way. So let's let's get to some business. 
Furious Finest is supported by Discount Games Inc. and MrLaser.com. We really appreciate these local stores for supporting the show. And if you don't have a local store, you can check out their websites to pick out Marvel Crisis Protocol minis to add to your collection. Of course, our show is supported by our patrons at patreon.com slash Finest. If you enjoy the show and like to join our patron Discord community, check out the Patreon. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. Of course, the patron of this week is Jonah. Ooh, Jonah! Thank you for joining the patron community. And of course, we cannot do the show without our Avenger producers. That's Rusty, Dylan, Nathan, Brian, Rich, and Jason. Thank you, Avengers team. You guys make this show run, help us pay our bills, and we cannot do it without you. Do you mind if I uh, add on to your advertisement just a little bit? I'll cut this part. You add whatever you want right now. Don't don't cut anything. I'm telling this for all of your listeners. What I wanted to say was one, as a fellow podcaster, I just to everyone who supports Fury's Finest uh, via Patreon, I can tell you that there are days as a podcaster, you're like, oh my God, I've got to schedule this podcast. I have got to get yeah. all of this stuff done. And sometimes it's the Patreon subscribers, the patrons, right? That you're like, these people are so devoted. They're like, they're backing you up. And they sometimes they are literally the motivation that keeps you recording the next episode. And so, and so, 100%. you know, sometimes when it comes from Jesse, you're like, he's, he's got to say this stuff. I'll tell you, like it legit happens <laughs> where you're just like, I don't know if I have the energy for it this week. And Jesse was rec- like working late today. He's recording super late to make this happen for you guys. So, mm. you know, I, I just want you to know when he's saying how much you make things happen, he's not kidding. And Jay is a personal friend of mine, runs Discount Games, Inc., of course. You know, whenever I need something, I try to do most of my orders locally from from Mox, but sometimes they don't right. have stuff or sometimes I'm ordering mm-hmm. duplicates and I need to be a little bit more cost effective or I'm rounding out stuff for my partner. And I, I mix and I support both Mox and, and Jay whenever possible. But man, if you've never ordered from Jay, that stuff comes super fast it is always packed correctly. I have never had them mess up an order ever in the many, many, many years I've ordered from them. So shout out to uh, Discount Games Inc. as well. Of course. Yeah, that's the whole reason we support them and Mr. Laser on our show because Mr. Laser, he's he's recently gotten to the shipping of MCP product on top of his MCP trays. So it's like the combination of these on t- plus your local store, as Omna said, support what you can keep this community alive. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it, Charles. It, it is tough. I mean, the patrons keep us going and I just got my Spotify wrapped for the year from the information mm-hmm. of Spotify. So I, and it's yeah. like, man, that type of information keeps us going. I mean, Chris and I produced over 3000 minutes of content this year. Damn. And then we had patrons just all over the world listening and supporting us and following. And it's just like, holy cow, you guys keep us going. And we'll talk about that in the year in review um, coming very soon. But it's like, wow, you guys make this show happen and uh, keep us going every week because uh, we've been doing this since October of 2019 and we don't intend to stop. And a big part of that, like Charles said, is the weeks where you don't feel like it or you're sick or you're tired um, or you're just pulling a late night. You do it because you get. I know you guys are out there and you're wanting to hear a new episode and uh, keeps me moving and keeps me editing, keeps me recording. So thank you for that. And Charles nailed it there. But Charles, let's move on to our main topic of X-Men Red. 
All right, Charles. So now we're back in X-Men Red. And now we're kind of, we, we did an intro. We did a timeline of kind of how you and I reached the spot. Weirdly, we reached it completely different ways. And then, so plugging into the timeline now, I'm now part of the X-Men Red discussion on Discord, but I'm already probably 10 plus games in. And a big part of it was... I was trying it on all sorts of secures and extracts. And you guys were kind of like, well, have you tried on the most attrition-y secures? I'm like, not really. No, I've just been having <laughs> it on everything because I've just been I've been in exploration mode. I've been trying it on scoundrels. I've been trying it on just all over the place. You were, like just, you were just probably playing fun. a more hybrid version for a lot longer than we yes. were, which is something 100%. that I think is really interesting. And I think Simon seemed kind of opposed to the – I don't want to put words in his mouth. So, Simon, I know you'll listen because you love X-Men stuff. But I feel like it's accurate to say that Simon definitely felt like there was not going to be a way to merge these two like concepts together. Mm. Right. And in my heart of hearts, I I feel like someone is going to find it. It's not going to be me because I, <laughs> I'm too cagey. I'm too, I'm too pacifist. Okay. Like I love the pay to flips. I, I'm too far that direction, I think. But someone, sure. maybe it's you, is going to find right. a hybrid version of this that's also very good that kind of threatens one thing with priority and one thing without. Or And I don't know which way it would go. But it, it sounds like Simon and I went all in on like, we have to change our strategy dramatically. Like, yeah, I was one game in when I did that. And I think Simon was zero. Wow. <laughs> I don't think Simon had played yeah, a game 10. Yeah. with Red Skull before he, because I think he was like listening to my thoughts and that inspired him. And so both of us switched to a full on X-Men red strategy and like, well, let's just shake up the whole boat like immediately. But you, that's really interesting that you kind of, yeah, you, you stuck out of curiosity. I'm really interested because I felt immediately okay. like red skull was too fragile to try to like do him in the normal plan. What was your sure. thought that kind of kept you playing X-Men gold but uh, with Red Skull, with yeah, Red like Skull. how did what was your thoughts in that moment? Well, a lot of it was me playing this kind of hybrid style, like we talked about, and I was kind of leaning sixty percent X Men, forty percent gold, which I think is very viable, but it's it is very hard to manage turn zeros with this team. So keep that in mind, <laughs> listener at home. If you kind of want to go full gold or full red, that's probably the way to go, honestly, because your turn zeros are going to be a lot more concise and you're going to know what to do. It's very matchup dependent, Charles. And a big part of it too was I was playing Mutant Mad Men no matter what. I just stuck to it because I know it. I love it. And then I kind of switched when I saw the way spider portals went. And that was one of my only definitive losses in the hybrid was on spider portals. Yeah. And partly because it was just, I got some abnormal flip dice on top of i shouldn't have been flipping with red skull at all you know mission both, yeah. right and i was like spider portal's gotta go i gotta bring in a fanny formula and so which x-men's normally fine with and then i saw you guys talking about demons downtown i'd not tried demons downtown yet i actually tried a lot of other things in that last spot so i was just kind of looking at b shapes red skull and some sort of his bodyguard package whether it's honey badger red guardian or eventually colossus which i got to dominate one b-side and then my other b-side i play a normal x-men gold jesse play style which is sort of like either be equal or up on points and play kg and then push in super aggressively with beast or other models and just dominate their secure and score up on that and meanwhile they're kind of presented with this double question of do i deal with the x-men gold on one side winning the objective or do i deal with red skull double tapping on the other side and that's kind of where I started personally. And it's funny because this was all pre me getting into the Discord. And then I got on the Discord 
and you guys start sharing some of your secures, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think obviously anyone who listens to me knows that I, I legitimately think the game would be better without E shape. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I think often when I look at Facebook posts and stuff and I'm just like, this person clearly is in one of those metas that just plays ease and it skews your perception of the game. Deployment is totally different, right? If you're deploying on an E. They upset me too. As uh, someone who tries to organize local stuff and supply the terrain for those things, because sometimes you just have a very uninteractive terrain game with E too. So it's just a side note of mine. Yeah, and it's just like deploy. Like you, you end up fighting this E, and you're like, all my five characters are just like right here, like in this small little yeah. section of the board, right? Sure. And so, and, and I know, like, I, I think it's totally cool that people have something super brawly. I just, I think the interesting deployment in addition to being brawly and like we, we just did the weapon up weapon X episode, right? Which is brawly, but is a spread out brawly, which I'm way more down with. Correct. But yeah, because I was playing like some shield Thanos, I kind of shaken off some of that rust, you know, or that, that aversion. (laughs) And I was like, well, I've already been playing this. Let's, let's try that. I could still use some more practice on these crisis. So I wasn't quite as adverse also played a shit ton of shield. So I was kind of sick of bees. I I think Mm. B is probably the best shape overall. Yeah. But I played so much of it, right? You know, I was playing a ton of bees when I played criminals, I was playing a ton of bees when I was playing X-Men, playing a ton of bees with Shield, yeah. and I just needed to get away from it at a certain point. I needed to stop okay. playing Fair Infinity enough, yeah. and Mad Men and play some other things. And so that's where kind of like dove into this and I was I was playing Gamma and Demons <laughs> in X-Men. <laughs> yeah. I was actively choosing that as my as my decision. Yeah, dude. The gamma still like scares me. I, I mean, I get it, but it also scares me. I've had some gamma games with Red Skull. They've gone very well, but dude, Storm, I feel like I rolled average. Colossus, Rogue, Red Skull, Red Guardian on demons. Yeah, is yeah. the shit. Oh my <laughs> god, is that scary? That's a good list. Yeah, um, and I kind of landed on demons eventually, and a big part of it was because of this sort of. I did have some fun games with that too, with Red Skull. And like you said, the grounds on the back point, but I want to know, are there any other secures you tested with red that kind of just spoke out to you? Or you ta- are, was mute madman part of yours? Like it was part of mine. No, I, my final version when I took a break and mind you, I, okay. I, I, I don't mean final version in the sense that this is a final version for everyone else. Uh, just kind of when I hit the wall in my testing where I was kind of just ready to be done with the aggressive, lists i was playing gotcha. gamma demons extremist console okay so can you explain the extremist console real quick i i, I have an idea i was not planning to play this because i thought it would be okay. too easy for people to run away with red school then my first game with x-men red post like so i i throw red school in i'm still playing x-men gold my very first game i meet up with a buddy brett and we're playing and he just like we play like three games at mox on a saturday um having some ciders nice. and beers and the first game he brought extremist console and i okay. was blown yeah. away about how good it was for red skull because it was like red skull you know murders this guy next round the grunts free interact with the extremist console to heal the damage back off of red skull and they just owned a side yeah, like a like a midline yeah. right side. So yeah. it was just like the grunts move forward, they shoot, he walks forward, hops off the grunts, or I think it was like walk forward, shoot, and then he immediately like hops 
And in some cases, I think you can even still double attack just off of the like hop, like range two from the grunts, Definitely. hop to the it's other side, it, yeah. and you're still far enough forward that you can range three attack someone that's on the point, double attack them. Between the two attacks, you often get the advance off of one of the two. You're still on the point and yeah. you've killed them. <laughs> and it, it escalates and like Red Skull just owns that side. And depending on the situation, Red Guardian goes to protect him or Colossus goes to protect him. And so that side just gets owned and yep. you, you force people away from you. And you still have some solid control characters and such. And like, there's still murder elsewhere. There's still like X-23 causing problems. People just don't feel like there's any safe way for their your their squishier characters. And I was surprised. I was not expecting Extremist Console to be as good as it was. But it, it made me feel like Red Skull just murders something. The grunts get to like free yep. heal him back up. And then you, you're you just like, round three, you're just like, well, my opponent has lost a character. Red Skull is back to full health. And I took their extract. Yeah. And nobody wants to come near Red Skull. And so I can consolidate to two points. And like I'm like, come yep. get some. No, good point. Yeah. Great mention with the free interact with the Hydra Grunts, of course. But also... You're kind of talking about some of the play patterns we haven't talked about yet in this episode. I know we you did in some of your episode, but is the fact that even if your opponent KOs the grunts, which they'll do, of course, they come out during Red Skull's activation and they're in a very good hop distance, or they unshake the stagger and move a little bit further in a hop distance, and that's all they do that round. You're fine with that. And Red Skull is always primed to double tap, and that's kind of where this list gets scary. And you're kind of talking about one of the biggest issues of the list, Charles, which is the fact that Red Skull, he hits like a truck, but he can go down very quickly. So if you get things to mitigate that, like extremist consoles, like healing, and like bodyguards, which we're about to talk about, he's golden, right? Yeah, it's it's literally the, the way that this list functions is that if Red Skull is allowed to do his thing unimpeded, you win. Yep. And yeah, every turn, if, if he can do his thing every turn, yeah. Or, and just, it doesn't even have to necessarily be every turn. It can just be like, if you yeah. get three turns in a row, round one, two, and three of him just getting to do his thing, you, you are probably winning. <laughs> and so the rest of the list is just like people to hold extracts, keep the extracts off of him. Think characters <laughs> to protect him, characters to like, you know, spread out the, so people can't focus him down or something. It's just, it's all this combination, but the fundamental thing is, X-Men allows Red Skull the action economy that he doesn't have. Cover helps too. They also have a bodyguard character in affiliation. It's all of the things that he wants just rolled into one package. And it's just like, if Red Skull just gets to do his thing, you win. And so the, the, the opponent's like, I have to untie this knot of problems. And if I can untie it and deal with Red Skull, I win, but it's not easy. (laughs) Especially not easy with the gauntlets, right? And you're paying for the gauntlets, a lot most of the time. Right. And that's a big part of his kit and sort of enabling this where you're like, I don't know, like with these bodyguards, with these knots you're talking about, you feel pretty good doing what you want with red skull, especially with the gauntlets. Maybe you have to take damage to turn the gauntlets online early. Of course you're okay with that. Cause you've got all these things set up to create a puzzle for your opponent. And that's what I really find fun about it. I mean, it is more than just a pure attrition list, Charles, that it really is like this sort of, uh, some of the things I loved about shield are here, you know, the sort of defensive puzzle for your opponent is here. If you're doing all these defensive bodyguard things 
we've kind of alluded to and talked about a lot in this episode. And I guess now is a better time to talk about it than any Colossus, him coming into the list. I saw him on your Twitter post. I was strongly considering him in mind. In fact, he was on my testing block for the coming months for LVO, of course, right? Because we're in a big character meta, right? And Colossus, I've seen a lot of success in local, some locals lists. There's a local player who's extremely good at Brotherhood. His name is uh, Sean, and he has had a lot of success with Colossus in this big character meta because of the bodyguards in Brotherhood, of course. And then, of course, you've got things running around like Malachus and Hulks. And I was thinking, okay, Colossus is already primed to be pretty good in this meta. And then you add this sort of Red Skull situation where Colossus is just like another health health pool next to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> next to Red Skull. <laughs> I mean, I will say I've never hated Colossus as much as the right. larger community. I always, I especially in Brotherhood, Same. I thought, you know, if you're going to play this down the middle brawl game, why wouldn't you want Colossus protecting Magneto? Like, isn't your plan essentially if Magneto 100%. never gets stopped from doing his thing, you win. And Correct. I had games where I was like, teaching people to play brotherhood. I was like, well, let's try Colossus in this. And just like, dude, Colossus with like cover from magnetic refraction. You just like, you're never killing juggernaut or Magneto until they move away from Colossus. (laughs) It is just not happening. And right. And so, while I was always a little like, oh God, I wish he was medium moves because then I would use him in X-Men more often. Yeah. I always thought that there there were situations where, you know, a bodyguard is just one of the best superpowers in the game. It's so good. When I started this idea of like, I'm going to input Colossus and Cable and play them more. I, I, the idea was I would play them in certain situations. That was where my brain okay. started. As soon as I started actually testing it, Colossus became a high priority character. And this was part of yep. why uh, Simon would run Honey Badger was so that you could play Storm, Colossus, Honey Badger, Red Skull, and Red Guardian all at 17. I was leaning a little bit more towards playing a Koye instead of Red Guardian so that I could play a a three threat like Domino or X-23 instead of Honey Badger. But it's similar concept. We came to the realization that, and this is not a troll. I had people legitimately ask me after the first X-Men Rabbit episode if we were trolling the listeners. Like you're like, you're actively saying that Colossus is a critical character in a competitive roster, which is contrary to what everyone has basically said. And yeah, it, it surprised me. Even when I put him in, I did not think I was going to want to play him almost every game. I mean, it just sounds like you're echoing the the notes of the X-Men Gold song, honestly, yeah. Charles, because <laughs> it's taken us a while to get here, but a lot of people have been some heavy doubters of this leadership and these characters in this team. And of course, Colossus is obviously one of the most maligned because of his speed in particular. But I think people always underestimate gold and what it can do and if people know what they're doing. And unfortunately, that is the hardest part with Colossus is you have to know exactly what you're doing with him, where to position him. And if you're doing that, he's doing his job and that's really, really good. And it's better in this list because Red Skull, as we just talked about a couple minutes ago, if Red Skull's getting to do everything he wants to do for a couple rounds minimum, if not the whole game, you probably win. And Colossus helps you do that very thing, which is actually the biggest deal of all, right? And then you add the fact that Colossus is not going anywhere and he's probably scoring the secures, right? 
<laughs> potentially. And um, you can storm hop him if need be to get these bodyguards in better positions and stuff. And now you're cooking with gas, really. And that's where he kind of comes online. And I, I love that people asked you if it was a troll <laughs> thing because it's definitely not. Uh, he's very viable. Now, we'll talk about the cable thing in a minute, but it's like, would you say Colossus is one of those pieces in this list for you? Because I this is kind of how it's turned with me recently because I have... I have tested this list a lot. I'm up in the 25 games range. And the more I've gone on, the more I've gone less hybridness, more red. And the more red I've gone over time, I've gone more Colossus and more games every time. Yeah, I would say as I dove into this, and, and honestly, it only took me one game, I think, with Colossus right. in it. Sure. And he became basically an every game character for this roster where I would tweak threat levels where it became the roster. Like the team often was storm Colossus red skull. That was the core. And right. Even though I liked red guardian as much as possible, those it became the three fundamental characters that I would play in almost every situation. And I say almost every, I don't think I ever played a game where I did not play Colossus. Once I put him in, the first game. A good question asked now where we're here, Charles is did he function every game from the point you put him in onward? Did he pretty much function every game or, or was it kind of, okay, well it depends a, a little bit on your definition of function for my goal right. of keeping red skull alive. He was fundamental and essential. And there was never a game where I was unhappy that I brought him. I felt like he, he kept me in some of the games, like some of the games I don't think I would have even been neat. Like, I don't think I would have even won without Colossus. But for the Correct. listeners yeah. who love Colossus and they love him punching people and they imagine him being like a juggernaut or a Hulk or, you know, the final fight of the Deadpool movies, that's not the function sure. we're talking about. I made like one or two no. attacks with Colossus per game. <laughs> yep. And they're usually disappointing attacks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, most of the time when he did punch, I actually was very happy with the power generation from it. But the thing was, he was protecting Red Skull and Red Skull just killed everything. So usually he didn't even have yeah. something to punch. He was just like, good job, Red Skull. I will hang out here and make sure that nobody shoots you to death. Yeah. And that's his goal, right? That's his purpose. What do you say to someone who's having issues getting Colossus on the table because of his power generation? Like, how do you get around that in this X-Men Red goal where it's like how do you get the bodyguards going flowing oh so there's multiple things here one don't pick up an extract with him you 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 very quickly so like in the team that i was talking about like storm rogue colossus red guardian and red skull the extract carriers were storm and rogue i don't pick up a middle one if there's five yep you can have it i will take it from you eventually but i would not pick up an extract with him also I basically never spent for the two additional dice on his healthy side. Mm-hmm. Also, cover is optional. Yeah. So yep. there are plenty of times where you choose not to use cover to make sure that he has the power to bodyguard again. And with invulnerability, only reducing to one, there was a lot of like good math where I found more often than not, as people were trying to punish, trying to punish Red Skull. I could keep that stuff online. And then they would like, finally like, Oh, he's out of power. And then it's like, all right, comrades keeper that attack uh, and (laughs) throw you away. And like, and then it's, and then Colossus is back to two power the next round. It's weird. Charles, I've used sacrifice 
to like potentially get more damage on Colossus to get a bodyguard online, right? Because it's one of the situations where it's like, oh, I only have one power on Colossus, but I could potentially get a, a bodyguard online for the second activation of this enemy character, right? So there's times I've done that as well. So there, there's a lot of things, there's layers to this. So if you've got Comrades Keeper, you've got Bodyguard, you've got Sacrifice, you're in good shape. But I like your suggestions of the cover in particular, because I've done that a couple of times and that is really helpful for the listeners because you're basically saying Colossus Health Pool is so good, his Bodyguard is more premium than anything, right? Having the power for that. So one of the other things that Colossus does for it is it opens up the grunts to do other things where you hit a point in the game where you don't need the grunts to hop anymore and you can position Colossus to both bodyguard and be the hop. And then you're getting two four dice energy attacks every round. And that Mm. just adds to the layers of problems that your opponent has to like solve for where they're like, okay, well, you know, now like when you're dealing with like grunt shoots you for four dice, shoots you for four dice. And then Red Skull hops off of Colossus, murders you, and it's just like, it it just compounds the problem for your opponent. And one thing I want to, you kind of mentioned, it's like sometimes he just stands on secures. Sometimes he doesn't stand on secures because you have Red Skull and the Grunts who can all contest the secure. Uh, There are active points where I make decisions to not be on a secure, to not make attacks, and I just want him bodyguarding Red Skull and someone holding an extract you know, like rogue, you know, just a good case in point. Like if you're on a C map, right? Sometimes he'll just move between the mid C and the side C and he can potentially bodyguard your character on the side C and bodyguard red skull on the mid C. Right. If that's, if that comes up and he's just kind of in no man's land, he's just kind of standing out in the middle, but he's ready <laughs> with his bodyguards. Right. That's something that's worked for me with him to, in particular. And uh red skulls base, we haven't talked about red skulls base yet, Charles, but it's obvious when you point it out, but the Grunts having a medium-sized base, Red Skull having a medium-sized base, Colossus having a medium-sized base, hot potential, right? There's it's a lot. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's it's everywhere. It adds a big part of it. So let's talk about our lists in particular before we get to Cable. And I think this will lead naturally into Cable. So you were talking about Storm, Rogue, and Domino and X-23 a lot. And those are characters that were just kind of locks in my list from the gold list, of course, from the hybrid list. And, and then, of course, into this full version of Red. They haven't left, Charles. I, I, I can't quit them. And I also can't <laughs> quit Beast. I can't quit Beast because if we get put on that situation I was talking about earlier, where I kind of go full hybrid, where I go the Red Skull care package on the left, like I talk about, and then something like Beast or something on the right on a B map, like a Mead Madman, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good that Beast can can kind of uh, do his thing on that side and create disruption. Meanwhile, on the opposite side of the map, Red Skull's awaiting models, and my opponent has two major questions with this hybrid list. So what are your thoughts about Beast in this? So when I assembled X-Men Red, and I think I mentioned this in my episode, but I can't remember 100%, but... When I switched from the X-Men Gold with Red Skull to X-Men Red, my very first list did not have Beast. I was thinking, maybe this is a situation where I don't need Beast. The very first game, (laughs) I regretted not having Beast in the roster. (laughs) So Beast went right back in. Very good. I will say that this is a roster that I think can run Bucky over Domino if you you want. I think... The way that this ends up functioning is Bucky's guns on certain crisis, like the range of it is, is a big deal because a lot of the time that other splash character ends up being an extract holder, right? 
Okay. Um, yeah. And you, and so Bucky can just contribute a little bit more from a distance. And so I had versions that played Domino. I had versions that played Bucky in in that particular slot. Sense. And I think both worked. And I think that's more of a, a meta examination. And also, if you were planning to run bees more often, I think that also lends itself to Bucky being a, like a workhorse. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And that so that basically leaves us that leads us to Red Skull, Colossus, and Red Guardian. And that basically leaves two slots left of flex per the player type, really. And that's if you're running beast. If you weren't running beast, it'd be three spots of flex, right? I think so, you run beast. It's it's too important at, yeah. in key situations where you need a three threat that can be that that hop off point he's also a little bit better at you know say like in a situation where you just can't risk giving away the center like you have priority and so beast can hop off of someone grab it and move back he can hop off of anyone and be able to get a center extract yep he also if you want to save the hop he can double move get it and then storm can to me my x-men him backwards correct um all right away and I just I, I do think Beast is an essential. He doesn't see quite as much play as he does in gold in the normal gold build, but I, I would consider Beast still an essential element. Well, of course, Beast and Lizard were huge parts of my gold play, and a big part of that was they were good aggressive pieces. If I wanted to push in aggressively on the bees, and a big part of that was hops or just double moves with these medium sized characters with medium movement with this wall crawler. So that's part of it too, entirely. But Okay, so Beast stays, and of course he's been in mine. He's never left mine, Charles, because I, I just couldn't I couldn't get rid of Beast. And the question that I always had was these last two slots, like where do you land? So for me, it was Honey Badger every time because I started realizing I had some games where I actually did not play Colossus, but I played Red Guardian and Honey Badger with Red Skull, and I really liked that sort of package on a side of the board uh, but with no Colossus. And I also liked having Honey Badger, for, of course, for more taunts for even Laura, because I try to play Laura a lot in this list too, when it makes sense. So where did you end on your last two spots before we get to cable? Cause I know he's probably your last slot. So what was, what was the honey badger slot for you? Was it just changing with different things? Um, I think I ended up landing on a Koye. It didn't get played very often. Okay. Yeah. And you had hood at one point too, right? Yeah. So one of the thought, one of my thoughts was that I wanted to be able to, there were games where I wished that, Red Guardian was Hood. Now, it wasn't every game, and in general, I think Red Guardian's the better pick. But I definitely had yeah. games where I would have preferred Hood to just like top it off. It was the health was more important than the bodyguard because, like, say yeah. against like Shield, and you're taking lots of little attacks, the the yeah. healing is is more impactful there, where you just want to top off the character because one bodyguard maybe well doesn't even matter. You bodyguard an attack that was going to deal zero damage. Yeah. So I was experimenting with with Hood, but I felt like if I feel like you have to run Okoye or Honey Badger, one of the two is essentially the the two threat for the list. Let's dive into why you're talking about those two specifically. Those two to get yourself another to get yourself a two threat, and then one that is bodyguard centric. I know one's bodyguard. It's one's not so pods, much because you but- were like I want to have a two threat. It's that you want to be able to run Storm, Colossus, and Red Skull five wide at 17 that's yep. that's the key everything else is just what math makes that work the math that makes that work is running a two threat and you want to err on the side of having more protection for red skull because it's just like 
as you play it, you just realize it's like if Red Skull just gets to do his thing, you're going to win. Yeah, no, it's really good. And if Honey Badger gets some attacks off on the way, you're you're feeling pretty good. So that leaves this last spot, Charles, which is really fun. I've tried a lot of things here and we haven't really touched on Rogue much, but we, we've talked about her today. She has a central role in this list. While we're on the Rogue spot, do you think Rogue could be Logan? Is that even possible in this list? No, not for this list. I don't think so. I think because Rogue okay. is, I think Logan is more viable in the normal X-Men gold. I think of course. in this, Rogue is a durable extract holder that also, yep. if they go after her to take her down, she does insane things with the power that she gets out of that situation. And I just don't think Logan yeah, would she- replace that in in this list. Well, on this list is typically confined on tight fights, right? So Logan kind of... He loses out there a little bit as opposed to the normal gold where you're kind of spreading the fights different ways. Okay. So this leads to our last spot. And here, here's what's fun. When I first started playing this list, Charles, this last slot, this last spot for me, it was, uh, it was regular maw for me for a lot of time. And in fact, there was games I just played regular maw and this would be kind of more that hybrid discussion we're talking about where I was playing hybrid. I played, oh, I played Researcher, I played Gamma, and like there's a couple games where I just played Maw. I know I could have played Skull, but maybe I wasn't confident enough yet. I was more confident in Maw because he's a character I've played a lot of. But I liked having the viability of switching between the pure aggro damage and then kind of the more control and throws that Maw has. So what do you think about that last spot? Well, obviously, so this is the Cable spot, which... Yeah, and I eventually Cable and I try. Yeah, it. and and I think this is a legitimate spot where Cable does good things for the roster. Where, say, you're in a situation where you're like, okay, I want Red Guardian and um and Red Skull, right? So that's eight, and then Storm three, so that puts you at eleven, and then you're like, okay, I want Colossus, that puts me at fifteen, right? Like. Sure. If you're playing <laughs> Honey Badger, this could be a situation where you're like, I'm going to play six wide and I will play X23 or Domino plus Honey Badger. And then maybe yep. Cable isn't as important. But at that threat level, originally I thought I might play him at some other threat levels too, which is certainly the case. There are games where I would consider going Storm, Cable, Colossus, Red Skull. Yeah. Right? That's... uh. That's a 17. So um, there, there are situations where I want to play that. But I think this is a slot that if you're trying to do the hybrid thing, this is the most flexible slot, in my opinion. Yep. Where I think you could live without Cable. I will say he helps the Convocation match up a lot, which is probably the biggest problem for this. And you as a Convocation player can probably <laughs> attest. Like, Red Skull does not like Super Strange. <laughs> Yeah, Supreme Strange just toasts Red Skull entirely. Yeah, you're 100% right, which is cool. I love that that sort of matchup exists. All the reasons, right? Supreme Strange ruins him entirely. Um, Changing of damage types, the scalpel. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's all there. And then, of course, his defensive tech, too, uh, on the Ironbound Book's turn is huge against Red Skull. So, yeah, you don't want to deal with him. So, can you explain the Cable and the Convocation matchup for the listener? Yeah, so what Cable brings is energy attacks, which doesn't benefit Iron, you know, Ironbound Books, does nothing. Obviously, Super Strange isn't that vulnerable to it. He's still rolling three dice with rerolls. But Cable also throws stuff, 
which creates yeah. more problems for the the convocation team because they also tend to be low physical defense that that creates problems and he can place himself he's got four mystic defense he can add dice i think he just he kind of rounds out that matchup where that's the one situation i kind of found where i would even if i was playing an x-men red dedicated team i would potentially switch to cable instead of red skull if i thought i was going to face super strange uh, even if it wasn't complication, okay. if I just thought that the opposing team was going to run super strange into me, I would potentially jump ship. Okay. Yeah. I like that a lot. No, I had some ex- success with cable and this list recently I was trying him and I ha- had a lot of fun. I was actually playing against Hydra a couple times on their kind of C shapes with, you know, witnesses and mist which hydra likes a lot in a lot of ways and i brought cable on mist and it was like i had that bubble we're talking about where it's like i've got colossus and red skull kind of up in the fray on a side c and i've got cable there giving support too and i've got storm holding an extract and i've got laura on the other side c just kind of just holding her own you know as long as she can right why why overwhelm the right side and wow that was kind of uh an intense matchup especially with uh the red skull mirror which we can talk about the red skull mirror here x-men red might be the best red skull um if it's in the hands of a player and knows what they're doing right because if you're in a red skull mirror like against a hydra player or something they have less defensive tech you know they've got a lot of uh re-rolls things like that and damage but they have less defensive tech against you so if your red skull survives and there's doesn't the snowball can happen and so in this particular game cable was just incinerating people and giving out shields and throwing stuff when he could. And that was awesome. That was an excellent <laughs> thing. And um, it was also on mist and it's like, Oh, just move the mist cable. That's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. You know? So he's immune to the mist. So there was cool stuff going on. It, it just made a lot of sense. I don't, I don't think you would typically play cable on a lot of C shapes particular, but, but that made a lot of sense in that matchup where high threat against Hydra on Terrigen mist and it worked. And I was really happy because uh, I love my cable paint job. I love my, the cable sculpt. I love the characters. So yeah, if you're a big cable fan, I think this is a spot where it works. He doesn't need the, the, the hop, right? Because he can place no. himself. No, you know, th- there's, a, there's a lot to like, about cable and you know he also he's a character that can grab a center and get away by himself with just first class right he can move move with first class grab a center then place himself backwards he he does cool things for this list where you know if you if you like cable and he's a he's a great sculpt he's got a he's got a solid kit this is a list that i think utilizes him but if you're going to try to do a hybrid which is kind of the most unexplored territory to like finalize a hybrid version i i think that's a slot where you're maybe it's got to be the juggernaut or something for the normal x-men game or something but i'll leave that up to whoever wants to work on the hybrid version and i'll record with you whoever masters the hybrid version we'll do an episode <laughs> like one day i've been working on it, trails i'm yeah. trying i'm trying i'm trying to impress you here but the hybrid version i you know i was on the hybrid for so long and then so it's been fun to kind of ebb and flow back and forth but kind of closing out this roster i mean we talked about all the normal x-men things what sort of extracts are you wanting to take in this? Because you, we've we've talked a lot of different ways with this. And something that's come up a lot was all of us in the X-Men chat kind of had different extracts, it seemed like, at least slightly. And which that was pretty, pretty interesting to me. I'm not sure there's optimal extracts in existence for this roster yet. Got it. Like Montesi would be perfect 
if it did not give people an alternative attack type. Yeah. Right? If Mon- yeah. if there was Montesi exactly as it is, but just some other effect that does not grant an attack, that would be perfect. Medium speed, force someone to come into the middle. Only one character can mm-hmm. hold one at a time. You know that would be perfect. But so I was playing Montesi. I think I was running Hammer's Montesi Researcher. But again, yeah. this is one that I would be very open to changing them up. I didn't perfectly love any of them. I moved away from cubes and spider infected very quickly because I want to keep extracts off of Red Skull. I would run mission objective yep. to get extracts off of Red Skull. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know, yeah. just so like he could mission objective to someone else to like Colossus and then he can hop, right? Like it sets all of that stuff up. Uh, yeah. I mean, I could totally understand someone running the the central ones, but I was a little, or like the singles, but I was a little worried that what yeah. happens if they get, you know, if some rant like Toad gets the 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 alien yeah. ship on the far side or something and you know and then you just can't you don't one shot him and he slipperies away and you know it that just that spelled problems for me so i wasn't super confident in that but i will say that i chose extracts probably a little bit more than you'd expect to avoid some of the higher scoring like i did kind of want to avoid cubes and spider infected when I could. Okay. Yeah. That's a big part of it too. Yeah. I, I tried a lot of things too, and I never could get it nailed down exactly because I've tried different stuff, but yeah, research station seemed pretty solid on top of hammers and I tried Montessi, but also tried alien ship and seemed fine as well. But I completely agree and understand what you're talking about. Like that, like luck based scenario where your opponent just finds it on a side point and you're like, well, that's it. They're going to run in the corner and that's, you know, I'm going to fight them on everything else and try to meet parodies. So yeah, it's a weird spot. It's weird to be an X-Men player and not be confident with your extracts, you know? So that's been kind of interesting space for me, but I'm glad you mentioned mission objective. You know, there's a lot of these cards we play and tried in this and they seem to make a lot of sense. Mission objective, fallback, things like that on top of the normal X-Men package. On top of Comrades Keeper and stuff like that, this has just been a fun time, Charles, and I'm really happy to have you on the show and talk about it with me here because I feel like this is still pretty untapped. It's still pretty new. I mean, even the several of us that have dove really deep into it, still the beginning, right? This is just very much the beginning, and I'd like to see where this evolves in the future because Red is very real right now, and with Malekith getting tuned down a little bit too, Red could be a next major attrition threat, right? Yeah, I mean... There's a part, there was points when I asked, like when Malekith got nerfed, I asked in the X-Men chat, I was like, did X-Men just become the best attrition affiliation? (laughs) Did that really just happen? I'm I'm not sure that that is not the case. Like, you know, obviously Daredevil Criminals is very good. Brotherhood is very good. Guardians is very good, but. Yeah. And they're all coming back. A lot of those are coming back. So that's right. But uh, but I'm not sure that X-Men Red isn't better than those. I like this. Bold words. Yeah. yeah, I like this. And if someone can master the hybrid, man. Yeah, for sure. It's cloud nine. It's it's scary territory. And maybe there is a vert. Like I didn't try Logan in this because obviously yeah. I didn't know he was going to be affiliated. Like I think by the time we had his card, I think I was off X-Men Red already. But maybe there is a like a defocused murder plan that's Logan on one side and Red Skull and Colossus on the other, yeah. you know, maybe that is a thing. I tried him recently and it, it worked pretty well, but uh, he was off by himself the whole game. You know, yeah. it was very still dice dependent. You know, it's like you're living off Logan's dice on one side and Red Skull's dice on the other side, but very consistent. 
you know, I mean, you only make dice so good. At a certain yeah, you point, just don't but... give them any safe place to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a repeat phrase from our Weapon X discussion, Charles, on your feed. Yeah, <laughs> nowhere is safe in the midline, uh, which is fun. It's a fun play style, and I like it, and it's something different than Rogue brings. So it's something I'm looking into and testing and trying, but it's really been a fun conversation to have you on, talking about X-Men Red, kind of talking about how we found it through different means and uh, kind of where it's going in the future. We'd love to hear listeners input on this. And at the end of the day, like you said, Charles, this is a list you're playing Colossus and probably Cable. And that's exciting. Yeah. And I would say one of the main takeaways for me when I was going through this process was that we sometimes play characters in the wrong situations for them, right? My first okay, game, okay. my initial reactions to Red Skull were he was too fragile. I wasn't really going to play him. And then I realized I was using him wrong. And I was trying to fit him into the play style that I was already trying to play and not adjusting my play style to him. And I think that's a lesson that okay. whether you're an X-Men fan, you know, an X-Men cultist listening to this episode but i think the takeaway for everyone should be if you're trying to make a character work like say you're excited about the sculpt or you know it's just new and fresh you got to realize that sometimes it's not the character it is you and i mean that like i'm I'm talking about myself i'm not trying to call out anyone else like sometimes you just have to like take that character and go, well, maybe, maybe I should be playing. If I want to make this character work and I want to play them, maybe I got to adjust things and change my crisis or change some of the other things in my list and open up my mind to, you know, kind of fresh eyes and go, well, what would work better with this character? Should they, am I playing them to attrition when they should be more controlly? Am I playing them to controlly when they should be attrition? You know, where, where does that all fall down? And uh, Red School really hit that hit that home for me. And so it was, it was a good, uh, it was a good refresher for me. No, perfectly said Charles. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think a big part of Red Skull that opens that up, he does have a very simpler play pattern, but he has all these nuanced decisions in his play with the pushes with, with his moves, which I, I say, sometimes you do laterally, you just move him short, like to a defensive position or even a more aggressive position for next round. Like you've got a lot of questions and um, yeah, he does not fit our normal play patterns as gold players. That is for sure. So it kind of open, you have to open your mind if you want to play him right yeah i think the pieces are colossus being there is a big reason why he's working right because you had to open your mind to the prospect of we need an affiliation bodyguard right yeah that was fundamentally it was it was not that i wanted to find a place for colossus it was just if i'm gonna play red skull all the time what are the best characters that are x-men affiliated to support him and that is where the Colossus decision came from. I was perfectly fine. I'll leave whoever on the shelf. I mean, if, if they don't fit the plan, I don't need to force anyone. But yeah, it's just he's just a just a character that that works for it. And yeah, I, and I think one of my big takeaways lately has also been, you know, if you like playing X-Men or you just like playing Red Skull, because mm-hmm. I do think this is probably the best Red Skull either yeah. way. I think you practice it because at any point we could get the one release that pushes this into the best list, right? Practice it. Yeah, hundred percent. So that when that other character releases that, that just rounds this out perfectly or makes the hybrid sync up perfectly, whatever that character might be, practice it now. And then when it, when it actually hits, then you're ready and you just slot that, that last piece into the puzzle and profit. Perfectly said. Yeah. I mean, obviously Red Skull's super on the rise right now because of this list and because of Hydra doing well. And 
I imagine this list, like you just said, and Hydra are only going to get more pieces in the future. So Red Skull's here to stay. <laughs> so it's if you want to learn him, play him in X-Men Red, play him in Hydra, just kind of learn how he plays and how to play against him and stuff. And as Charles is saying, you're, you're just in a good spot because... He's a great model and he's really fun. Like you're talking about Charles, like he, and he's great sculpt on top of all this. So it's like good model, good yeah. sculpt, really fun to play. Like all the pieces are there for longevity of this model being in the game and the meta. And I'm really excited to see more of him. I've got a, I've got a Send challenge for, for, your, for your listeners. If somebody wants to like focus on this and this is going to be their thing and they're going to be like the X-Men red person. I thought when, cause I was playing storm, right. And playing red skull sure. and they both have the lightning. I thought if somebody was really dedicated yeah. to this, they would do a whole <laughs> lightning themed team and integrate lightning bolts into the other characters. And love it. Uh, I, I just thought that would be visually cool. If someone loves this build so much that they're making a dedicated team, I think they should have lightning bolts, like mix in lightning and stuff. Maybe, you know, you have somebody like stepping on a piece of like, cause uh, Colossus, right. He's got, he's stepping on like a, a sentinel head or something. You could have like right. electrical yeah. sparks coming out of that and <laughs> just match it all. Yeah, up. Just like yeah. bring it all into that, that electricity theme. You know, we, we just did that uh hobby bonus episode. So I'm, I'm in on the hobby talk too. Shout out to the after dark and after credits patrons. But yeah, it was, um, Something I strongly consider, Charles, because Red Skull is my last finished model on this list, and he just he just was finished recently. And I didn't want to do the blue lightning for Red Skull, but my storm has the ninety-two gold lightning. You know, some you've seen my storm. My storm's the white suit with the gold lightning. She's very ninety-two X-Men. And I was like, man, do I want to land on gold lightning for Red Skull <laughs> just because so much fun with this list? But ended up going with purple. It just made more sense with my my Riskle being the green Hydra suit. Just made more sense with the purple. But I agree with you completely. Like, let's hobby this up. <laughs> let's go full on. Yeah. Red Skull working with the good guys, you know? And uh, maybe Storm is just powering everybody up. That's the way I think of it, <laughs> you know? with the light. I dig it. I dig it. Furious Finest supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Furious Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Furious Finest. You can find us everywhere online at Furious Finest. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. And Twitter, you can find us at Furious Finest Cast. Email us at Furious Finest at gmail.com with any inquiries, ideas, or collaborations. And of course, leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. Charles, where can everyone find you online? And where can everyone find Omnis Protocol? Well, if you search Omnis Protocol in Spotify or iTunes, you will find me. I am at the Omnis on Twitter, which is probably my most active social media account, or I'm in most yeah. of the uh, most of the Discord. So feel free to hit me up. I'm especially happy to uh, chat X Men stuff. You will see me like I. I think the X Men channel on the fan server is now probably my second most active spot outside of my Discord. No, absolutely. I'm trying to get more active there, and um, yeah, your your Discord's great as well. So I recommend all these places. Of course, you can find me Jesse online, Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Aiken. That's J S S E E A K I N. And of course, I'm on Longshanks as Jesse Aiken, and I'm on Discord as furious finest so it's all full circle or just jesse aiken on any of the given discords because discord does let you add your you name know your storm's finest to me you know we're working on that name change you know <laughs> but i did have my long stint of shield and it may it, it seemed very oh, it seemed yeah, fitting fair. furious finest by the way fury's real good in x-men gold <laughs> yeah and <laughs> something you you and i are probably gonna talk more about in the future but 
yeah, Charles, it's fun to have you on. Talk about something that's a little bit out of our typical X-Men gold range topic that you and I have had. Like we're kind of a series we had this year with your Adepticon episode and then my Lone Star Open episode. And now this, like we kind of like we covered X-Men this year and several different ways. It's been fun. X-Men 2022. It's been our year. It has. Yeah. It's been a good year for year for everybody. And shout out to all the other X-Men players out there. We've, we've thrown out their names this episode and, you know, look them up. Their work speaks for itself. I think <laughs> as Charles was talking about, and uh, we are a fanatical cult that hopefully represents storm. Well, absolutely. So we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, definitely check out Charles stuff and always looking in the show notes. Thanks for listening. True believers. has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 